What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Couch Podcast. And in today's episode, to begin, Jordan, Plutzy, and Zwick are going to come on and recap the NFL Week 3 slate and do some power rankings. And then after that, me, Butsy, and Zwick are going to discuss what was a very interesting college football week four. So without further ado, here is Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick. Welcome to another edition of Zwick's NFL Power Rankings. We had a we had a very full weekend of football. Butsy and I saw the Patriots and the Jets play. Uh, a barn burner, 15 to 10 Pats. Go Pats. We're on the board. Zwick's Bengals are on the board. Uh, Zwick, give us the top 10, man. All right. At 10, we have the Seattle Seahawks. At 9, Cleveland Browns. At 8, Ravens. 7, Cowboys. 6, Bengals. 5, Bills. 4, Eagles. 3, 49ers. 2, Chiefs. Number 1, Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins right. are the best team in the league right now. I will not hear otherwise. All right. That that was actually pretty spicy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> give us uh, give us the Cowboys take real quick. What's going on? What what just happened? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Dak Prescott looked like a shell of himself. I know, Butsy will take a victory lap on that because I know how much he hates Dak. But uh, he just looked like uncomfortable, and the the Cardinals are frisky. I like. We you have talk- been saying you have been saying it. We've been talking about the Cardinals being terrible, and I will take the L on this. I thought they would be terrible. I thought they'd maybe win one or two games, but now it looks like they could maybe win, you know, like five or six, which is an overachieve overachievement for what they were expected. But the Cowboys just looked flat, like their defense didn't look like what it has looked like in the first two weeks. Um Josh Dobbs, Lynn Sanity run is kind of upon yeah. us. Like I don't know where he came from, but I don't know. Just obviously the memes about the Cowboys and how everyone hates the Cowboys are are flowing, but they just they looked like they'd shit the bed and they did. Yeah. Um, can you read through? So I have C you went fast. I have Seahawks at 10, and you said Browns, Ravens. Is that correct? Yes. Browns, and then what? Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, 49ers. Chiefs, Dolphins. Okay, Butsy, any any qualms? Let's hear your yeah. voice. Uh, I hey, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I think that this Cowboys is, I think it's a drastic overreaction. Um, I know their offense looked really bad. Dak was twenty five for forty with a touchdown and a pick for two fifty. Took two sacks. He was nothing special. Tony Pollard was great. Twenty three rushes for one hundred twenty two yards. Uh, the run game looked good. Their passing game looked just terrible. Uh, Michael Gallup finally had a coming out game, which I thought was was weird. Uh, he has their coming out game, and, and CD kind of takes a backseat, and, and they don't get it done. I mean, 16 points, I think, is just really, really abysmal against this Cardinals defense. We were talking about this defense being the worst in the NFL. Um, I, I don't know why that – like, no one knows why the Cowboys lost, but I, I think to put him at – would you have him at seven? Yeah, I I think that's a bit of an overreaction. I still think they're a top five team in the league after this loss. I mean, we're three weeks in and, you know, there are some teams with records that you just you know that it's not going to last and that they're not that good of a team. And and I I think we we're, we're you know, our job as podcasters is to kind of react to what happens in the NFL and what happens in sports. And, and if if it's a slight overreaction, you know, that happens and it's OK sometimes. But I was I just want to I want to stay you know, 10 toes down on this Cowboys take that they still should be a top five team in the NFL after this week. Uh, Dak did kind of stink. So I'm taking my little victory stroll, not a victory lap quite yet. Cause I, you know, a lot of season left, but I, I, it's weird because I think it's really shows what can happen if this defense doesn't put them in positions to score. Um, you know, Jordan, you had Dak manager, Dak as a game manager plus, I think on your QB tiers. Savvy vet actually it was savvy vet, savvy vet. And this was not a savvy veteran performance from, from Dak. This was kind of a very disappointing performance. Uh, their defense didn't really give them takeaways inside the five-yard line or score on their own. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, they were good, not great. 28 points to Arizona is is kind of a shock. And when a team like the Cowboys, who 
everyone's talking about them as the best team in the NFL. When they're going to play the Cardinals, who's, you know, everyone talked about them as being the worst team in the NFL, which I think now could be the Denver Broncos or the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals have nothing to lose. Like, they are playing balls to the wall. And you kind of saw that. Like, they brought more energy, I thought, than the Cowboys did on Sunday. Um, so while this is a big, big, big stumble for the Cowboys, I think they're going to recover, and I still think they're a top-five team in the league. Yeah, I'm with Butsy. The Cardinals, by the way, do have something to lose, um, which is Caleb Williams, which I think they are going to lose because they're so frisky, as Zwick has talked about many times. I agree the Cowboys should be higher. Uh, it's tough because they lose Trayvon Diggs. It's tough because yeah. they lose Diggs. Stephon Gilmore is washed. He's bad. Yeah, I, I think it's a big loss for the defense. Um, they also had a couple O linemen banged up for this game. I think they'll be back. But Trayvon Diggs is not coming back. For the time being, I would probably have them over the Bengals because I, I still haven't been convinced by a single Bengals performance. And Joe Burrow still has a banged up calf. At least it looks like to me he couldn't even drop sure. back last night. Um, so I would have the Cowboys over the Bengals. But yeah, other than that, like, I don't think it's a crazy overreaction, mainly because Trayvon Diggs, I think, is a big loss. So... I won't make that my my big argument. Let's see where I disagree. Dolphins at one. I mean, yeah, I I, I there's nothing you can say, right? Even though I don't, <laughs> I I still think the Chiefs are better than them, but you can't I, say yeah, anything. I, I was gonna say I would I would be open to flipping Dolphins and Chiefs, but the Dolphins' offense just looks way too good right now. And I think, well, obviously, the Dolphins scoring seventy on the Broncos' defense is just insane because. I mean, I thought the Broncos had a good defense, but watching the film just, you know, made me not want to watch football anymore because it was so abysmal how bad the Broncos defense was. Yeah. So, Swick, where did you have the Browns? The Browns are nine. So, fun stat for you guys. I got, you know, me full of fun stats. Uh, The Browns have the best defense since, like, the 1990s or 80s. Like, they are... I think the second defense in NFL, second or third defense in NFL history to give up fewer than 500 total yards through the first three weeks. They have ridiculous stats on defense. They, you can yeah. go, go look up their stats right now. It's all time, but it's but unbelievable. To be, fair, to be fair, they have not played a very impressive offense yet. No, but I, and I, and I think that Deshaun Watson will hold this team back from being great. I still don't think that their weapons are immaculate, obviously losing Chubb. By the way, Chubb somehow only just tore his MCL. Yeah, like, that's how can a how can a man's knee bend like that, or anybody's knee for that matter, bend like it did, and he only suffers a torn MCL? I mean, you know, prayers up to him for a speedy recovery. I think it was like a six to eight month timeline, uh, which is actually very very good for for the Browns' future next year. But uh, Miles Garrett looks unstoppable. Uh, he looks really fucking good. I, I I think this Browns offense still has many question marks going forward, but their defense is top notch. I mean, they did play the Titans, who are really bad. Ryan Tannehill looks like a bottom five QB in the NFL right now. Like, I'd rather have Josh Dobbs. Hot take. I'd rather have Josh Dobbs than Ryan that's Tannehill after take. three weeks. That's I mean, that's a great take. Yeah, yeah it's it not, was. It's, not that hot. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I, I, I like the Browns. They're going to be good defensively. All year, their offense, I think, is just going to hold them back from winning big games going forward. Zwick, did you have any honorable mentions? I do. I have the Steelers and the Chargers. I I threw around Steelers and Seahawks at 10, and I decided to go with Seattle because I think their offense has yet to play their best football, and JSN has not really been involved yet, which is kind of weird to me. So I think once he starts getting involved, it's going to, you know, bring this offense to new heights. Well, how do you – I mean, they, they just have such a loaded receiver room. Like, do you think JSN is really already that good that he should be getting? Like, they should be, you know, make, featuring him in the offense? At some point, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, let's let's read through the receiver. It's, it's DK Metcalf. It's Tyler Lockett. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Some guy named Bobo, which is pretty Big damn Bobo. cool. Pretty damn cool. Uh, they have this guy, uh, Colby Parkinson at tight end with no fan. Um, this their weapons. I mean, Zwick, you say their offense hasn't played their best, which I agree, and they're still putting up thirty-seven points, right? Like yeah. Kenneth Walker looked really damn good last week, and I think he'll continue to look good. Uh, Charbonnet has been an in- incredible backup so far. Um, 
pending this offense stays healthy and, and they get to playing, you know, the offense like they did last year, I think Njigba will get more targets as the season goes forward, as their passing game develops. Uh, but I think last week's story for the Seahawks was all about their run game. Uh, I thought, like I said, Kenneth Walker was unbelievable. I think he had 97 and two tutters. Uh, yeah, 18 carries for 97 yards, two touchdowns. That's great. Uh, Geno Smith, 23 for 36 with 300 yards or 296. A touchdown and a pick Zwick. Do we believe in Geno? Do we – I mean, everyone was really high on him after last year. He had a great yeah. campaign last year. Do we Do we believe in, in Geno? I think he's serviceable enough to, like, get to, like, a wild card and, like, maybe win the wild card. But long-term, no, not really. I mean, obviously, I think he's at least 30 years old now. So I know he's obviously not the long-term answer. But I think he's a good bridge quarterback. I think he's a great bridge quarterback. I mean, he's clearly doing something right. You know, the Seahawks team, everyone thought it would be one of the worst in the league last year, and they ended up making the playoffs. So I think they could easily do that again this year. And they're getting Jamal Adams back next week. So I think this team can, you know, be set up to overachieve you know, for the second time, for the second year in a row. Yeah. Do we think he has anything left in the tank, Jamal Adams? Or is he like, oh, I mean, because yeah, he, <laughs> he's been phasing out for the past couple of years with injuries and stuff. And I, I, I think he might be, you know, sadly enough, because he was the most, one of the most exciting defensive players in the league for, for years. Do we think he's coming to an end, his, his career? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough to say right now. He hasn't played since week one last year yeah. um, after he tore his quad. But it's it is tough to say. Um, I hope he gets back to the same player he was because when he was in New York, he was really fun to watch. He was. I was I, I was gonna make the argument that the Chargers should be in here, but I'm not. I'm just gonna let oh, it be. Just... <laughs> I also I also looked at their schedule. They have Raiders next game, which they should win, but then they go Cowboys, Chiefs. I think they lose both of them. I so mean, I. It... Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean they they went for it on fourth and one on the twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> and, they, and they somehow won. So that, I'm not like I think they were like the Vikings clock management at the end of the game was so mind numbing that I think that if the Viking like I think most Madden players could have managed the clock better than <laughs> Kevin O'Connell did on Sunday. So I think that if the Vikings don't fuck that up, the Chargers are zero three, and we're looking yeah. at them kind of differently. But I mean. You have to give him credit. Keenan Allen was balling all afternoon. He was Justin Herbert looked great. I know they just lost lost Mike Williams for the season, so that that's a big loss. But I have him honorable mention just outside. Yeah, and Would I was say- and no and no Eckler still. Yeah, and no yeah. Eckler no still. I, I was just Eckler. I was just trying to make an argument to get the Seahawks out because I don't really like the Seahawks, and I was like the Steelers and the Chargers, like the Chargers. Like we said, not can't put them in there when you go for it on fourth and <laughs> one from your own 25. And the Steelers, I'm just not convinced on Pickett yet. I don't think he's taking the jump. That offense is really hard to watch. Najee's still really hard to watch. Um, It's like shocking whenever they score points. So I can't put the Steelers in there. Is it just me or like I'm not convinced by really any teams in like in the NFL. I'm not like, oh, my God, these teams are awesome. It's been a really sloppy like three weeks. I think the Dolphins have been phenomenal. Um, I love the Chiefs and I love the Niners. Other than those three, like everyone has given you a reason to doubt them. You, I guess the Eagles are three and zero, but it's not really a sexy three and zero. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like the Seahawks are the tenth best team in the league. Like I don't watch the Seahawks and say that's the tenth best team, but that's uh, that's why Zwick makes the power rankings. I guess not me. And that's and that's why there's eighteen <laughs> weeks and not three. So yeah, uh, yeah. So Zwick, let's talk about your Bengals for a sec. So first half, I think we had you uh we we had you really down bad, right? You were struggling to watch this game. I think you at one point almost turned off the game. Uh I think the text was, I can't watch this anymore. Um, which is fair. I mean, watching that offense, that watching that offense work was really bad. I think you said the only pro might be this defense. Uh I think your D line actually looked really good for the entire game, which was nice. Um, I don't think the <laughs> I actually don't think the Rams have an O-line. I know I think their left tackle went out of the game and then gave up, like, two sacks in, like, the next two plays. So he, you know, their offensive line doesn't exist. But what pissed me off yesterday was when uh, the 
Bengals finally did put together like two successful drives, the announcer's like, "Oh yeah, Bengals are back. Like this is the this is Cincinnati that we're expecting to see." Like blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like, "Guys, like Burrow looks worse in the pocket because of his injury than a forty-five-year-old Tom Brady. Like he yeah. could not move. They had him in the gun every play last night. I think because he literally couldn't draw a uh, step back and and roll out. I mean, it was it was really hard to watch Zwick. So my I guess my question is, it's a two two parter. What is this team's like, you know, what is this team going to look like going forward? And two, does Joe Burrow have to sit out a week eventually? I think that, no, I don't think he'll sit out a week unless there's a setback. I think that if he progresses the way that we're all hoping he progresses, then he will not sit out a week. But I, th- I, I don't know. I mean, call me biased, but I think they can get back to that super explosive offense that they were these past two years. I mean, we saw – Jamar Chase kind of have his first breakout game of the season, went for 12 for 141. And that's the Jamar we all know. And we know he's that, you know, kind of player. But I mean, Joe is still not there, um, which is very obvious. T. Higgins looked awful last night. I think he had at least two drops, one being on third down, um, kind of killed the drive. And I don't know. I think they can get back to being that really, really good offense that we know, but it's going to take time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't look all that great again next week and maybe even the week after. But I'm hoping, you know, given like week six or seven, maybe they're really, really back to looking that um, as good as we know they can be. Yeah. I thought last night was actually pretty encouraging for the defense. I know the Rams have a terrible O-line, um, but there was instant pressure every every single time, and, and the Bengals' defense hasn't looked phenomenal so far, giving up 24 to the Browns, who barely had a quarterback, and 27 to the Ravens. So holding the Rams to 16, I think, is something you can hang your hat on, no matter what you say you want to say about the Rams' O-line. In terms of Joe Burrow, I think if he was going to sit, he should have already done it. I think now that he played this game, he won't sit out and he shouldn't sit out. Um they go to the Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks are the next three games. So, like, I guess you could say, like, they could win. They could go, like, two and one over that stretch without Burrow. But you don't want to risk that um, now that you're already uh, one and two. So, I think Burrow stays in. But I don't know if Burrow ever gets back. If, if you play all every week, I don't know if he ever gets back to 100% this whole season. Right, right. Um, and, yeah. and it's not out of the question that he re-aggravates the calf again over and over and just you know, we don't see a hundred percent fully healthy Joe Burrow till next season. So that's kind of where my skepticism of the Bengals is in terms of a Super Bowl contender. Um let's move on to me and Butsy's team. Butsy and I were in the house for game of the week. I mean just points all over the board, 15 to 10 pats over Jets. Really bad quarterback play. Not fun to watch. <laughs> it was a fun environment being with our friends, being in the rain. It was a gritty game. Um, Pat's defense great as always, but see, I guess I'll go to you. Hmm. Were you more encouraged after week one and two of the Pats being zero and two, or after week three being one and two? Because yeah, I know yeah, I I knew where you were going with this, and I'm a hundred percent agreeing. Because I've been thinking about it for the past couple days. Like I said this to you last night, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones make like playing the quarterback position look impossible. They make it look like no one can like do it. <laughs> But Bill Belichick, like, can the Patriots also play, like, every game in shitty-ass weather? Because I think Bill Belichick will win every game in bad weather. Like, I think that is just a fact. Great point. I don't. I can't remember the last bad weather game we lost. I, I You can't. You can't put your finger on it. But I am less encouraged after week three. And I don't know, like, how much you want to put on the weather. Ramondre did drop, like, two passes out of the backfield where he had daylight in front of him, like, 20 yards in front of him. Um, and it looks like they just slipped out of his hands. I understand that and I get that, but man, like it, it, it's really difficult to see the Patriots going to Dallas next week and even being competitive, you know, like, I, I think that game, especially after, you know, Dallas losing last week, I think the Patriots might lose by fucking three touchdowns. Like I'm very, (laughs) I I really just don't feel good. I think the thing is they're going to do it again to us where they're going to lose like, 25 to 21 we're gonna be like oh they almost they almost had dallas i know i know they almost had dallas almost had miami and almost had like the eagles the eagles but like i said 
after week two. Like enough of these almost hads. Let's get let's get wins on the board. Like I love feeling hype about a team and confident about a team that I really shouldn't have a ton of faith in. But at the same time, the only thing that matters is wins. Like we got you got to win football games. So I think Dallas is going to be a tough challenge next week. I think actually our defense will fare really well. I think our run game will struggle big time. Mac Jones, not, yeah, if, I don't know how we're going to score points. I don't know how we're going to score points. I mean, Trayvon Diggs being out helps, obviously. Uh, like, you know, Zwick said, Gilmore is at, you know, almost at the end of his career. He's he's washed. But I don't know if I still trust Mac Jones to throw the ball downfield 40 times a game yet. Um, but, man, that was just it – was a, it was a gritty AFC East game. And I'm happy we came away with the win because now we're, you know, we got one in the column, but definitely less confident than after weeks one and two, where we played two Super Bowl contenders and 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 probably should have won at least one of those games. He was Mac Jones was 15 for 29 for 200 yards, one touchdown. Um, the defense basically won the game for us. Zach Wilson playing Zach Wilson was why we won because he was even worse than Mac Jones going 18 for 36 for 157. I'm shocked there was no interception thrown in this game absolutely shocked yeah me too i was pissed zwick what do the pats do Do, is like do we have to keep watching mac jones for the next eight years yeah basically you think so (laughs) Uh, i i I don't know i think that like i think he's a i think they could move on after this year especially if you know they miss the playoffs because the defense is absolutely where it needs to be it's arguably top one i mean it's playing just out of its mind right now but like the offense is just not where it needs to be and i don't really put it all on mac i think that he needs a lot more help than he has but if it's year three and we haven't really seen a big jump at the end of year three we haven't really seen a big jump i would be ready to move on i don't know how you guys would feel about that but i think that you know if you're just trying it again year four and doesn't work out again, then it's like, I don't know. We could have, we could have moved on and yeah. Yeah. But the thing is he's looked like he's looked better. Yeah. The weeks one and two, he looked really good. I I, I honestly think the biggest thing is he's got no help. Like he has nobody to throw the ball to Kendrick Bourne is his number one option. Like Devontae Parker is the number two option. Devontae Parker might be 40 years old. I don't know. It feels <laughs> like he's been in the league for forever. I mean, he was great in Miami for a while, but like, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I still kind of believe in Mac Jones even after like this week. Cause I, I think this week was kind of weird. You know, whenever you have shitty weather, it's always going to be a weird game. I mean, remember last week or not last week, last year, week one, the bears beat the Niners in the shitty weather game. Like yep. that, like, I know that was a little more rain, but like, you know, same type of deal. So I still believe Mac Jones, you got to get the motherfuckers some help. You got to get them some weapons. And the Patriots are known for never having like top tier weapons. I mean, I think Randy Moss was probably, you know, the yeah, la- had, one of the last big a, names. I mean, Gronk, Gronk counts. We we don't usually blow, blow a bunch of money on receiver and running back, but we pray we, like Danny Amendola can, you know, <laughs> go from playing or Edelman can go from like playing lacrosse to fucking, you know, catching insane passes in the Super Bowl and scoring in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's not going to happen that, every time. That's the luxury of having Brady is you don't really need to have a, a bunch of guys who can win on their own. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones, like, I guess I will hold out hope. And I will remember the weeks one and two where we were actually moving the ball, even if we weren't converting um, and scoring touchdowns as much as we wanted to. But we were at least getting up and down the field against the Jets. It is a really good defense. It is bad weather. So I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. But God, it was just disappointing to see. It was sad. It was sad. Yeah, especially in person against a team that we were hoping to kind of blow out. Um, 15 in a row, though. 15 in a row. Yeah. Fuck the Jets. Seven and a half years. <laughs> Seven and a half years. Can't be of- beating the jets it's a good feeling yeah and hopefully we we make it 16 because zach wilson is not i, I just i don't think zach wilson's gonna beat bill belichick um, you guys unless, see the, unless uh, the jets move on see you saw a quote where it was like um zach wilson gives us the best opportunity to win right now no like he he doesn't i don't know <laughs> i don't know what makes you believe that he is the best option to put out there as qb um i would try anybody else but him and my car, when I go in my car, because we're in Connecticut, right? Go in the car, turn it on. 
first thing that comes on is is like New York sports radio, like Jets radio. And everybody keeps talking about where he was drafted and how, you know, there's a reason he was drafted at number two and that he's going to finally fucking figure it out or he's eventually going to figure it out. I, 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 I don't think he will. Like, I, I think he <laughs> might go down as one of the biggest busts in NFL history because he's drafted second overall and had so much promise coming out of college and has just been arguably the worst QB in the NFL ever since he stepped on the field. I, I don't think he's been arguably the worst QB. I, I don't know he's if he's played. Worst. Has he played, like, one good game? Has he even had a game where you're like, oh, Zach Wilson, like, he, he played good today. I, Packers last year? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it would be interesting to go through the stats because, honestly, I would I would say it's probably less than three. So, I think – So sad. I think the Jets should try and trade for Kirk Cousins. I don't know what it would look like, but I do think if they brought Kirk Cousins in, they're one and two right now. Um, they could maybe sneak into the playoffs and, and you know, football's crazy. Any given Sunday, maybe make a run. But, Zwick, what, have you heard this stuff, this Kirk Cousins stuff, and and if the Jets should move on from Zach Wilson or not? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm i pushing this agenda because I think that it's honestly more likely than we think. I know it's only week three, and trade deadline's not till week nine, I believe. So, you got a lot, long time to go. But the Vikings are 0-3, and there's not much sign of them getting any better. So I think that if the Vikings are like have like three, two or three, maybe four wins at the deadline, then I think they would they would consider moving on. I think they're gonna lose him this offseason. So you might as well get something for him if they realize they're that they're not contending and they probably will miss the playoffs. Um then the front office will have some tough decisions to make. And I think the Jets can get him for pretty cheap because I think they well, I know they don't want to roll with Zach Wilson. And obviously they have Rodgers coming back, hopefully next year, um, back to his former self. And they can get Kirk Cousins and they can let him go and hit free agency after the season. Okay, but here's the issue is if the Vikings need to wait until they have six losses, isn't the Jets season going to be over by then? Like the yeah. if it it's might... at the deadline, if it's at the deadline, which is week nine, let's say they trade him in week eight. Like the Jets are going to be two and six, three and five at best. I I just I don't see them. I don't see Kirk Cousins coming in and, and like running the table and turning the season around. They have the Jets next, uh, or sorry, the Jets have the Chiefs next week, so they're already going to be uh, one and three. And then we'll yeah. see. Like the, I I think they may have they they maybe would have needed to make that trade as soon as Rodgers went down, or maybe like. I, I don't even know, started the season with some sort of sort of contingency plan and gotten another backup in there um, because Zach Wilson is just giving them zero chance to win. It makes it makes no sense why when Rodgers went down, they they didn't like we heard nothing about any inquiries for any QB across the league retired or, you know, not on a free agent or trades like I don't understand how Sala still holds out hope for Zach Wilson like that makes just zero sense in my brain at all. There's at also all. the the Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Wentz's agent, like reached out to the Jets, who I do think is better than Zach Wilson, but I don't think moves the needle at all. I think honestly, you might you rather just be bad and and have a good draft pick. I don't. <laughs> do they even have their draft pick this year? I don't know. But either way, I I wouldn't um go for Carson. But if they I could, agree. if if they can make a trade tomorrow for Kirk Cousins, I think they should do that in a heartbeat. Um, let's go to our last segment and then Max will come in for college. The Jacksonville Jaguars lost a game to the Houston Texans this weekend, 37 to 17. The Jags are now one and two. Um, they were the favorites to win the AFC South. I think we were all decently high on them. We all liked Doug Peterson. He was, I think he was my coach of the year pick. And that is not looking good right now. So they haven't looked good through three weeks. This was really disappointing, though, Zwick. What happened in this game? Yeah, I, the Jaguars defense just got shredded. And C.J. Stroud has looked awesome so far. I think he's definitely been the best rookie quarterback so far. I know he already has more 300-yard passing games than Justin Fields does. 
So that's wow. a fun, fun stat for you. But um, yeah, the, their defense just looked disappointing. Um, not what it was last year. It played well against the Chiefs, but you know they gave up thirty-seven points to the Texans, whose offense isn't even close to as explosive as the Chiefs. So um, and Trevor Lawrence just looks rattled. I know he kind of like can't beat the Texans. That's kind of been a theme in his career so far. Four and but, one. Yeah. Oh, sorry, did, one and four. One and four. One and four. Sorry. Yeah. He just hasn't looked great. Um, Calvin Ridley kind of had disappeared after a great week one. Um, I know he dropped a touchdown. I saw um, Trevor Lawrence gave him a beautiful ball, hit him right in the hands, and Calvin Ridley just couldn't reel it in. So that was disappointing. And I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried about them because if they can't beat the Texans and they can only beat the Colts by a touchdown, then – I'm I'm slightly panicking if I'm a Jags fan because it has not looked great so far. So we know the issues about the defense. Whose fault? Who are we blaming on the offense? Is it play calling? Is Lawrence? Is he not taking that third year leap that we wanted him to? What's happening? Yeah, run I, game. The run game's solid, right? Yeah, I I think I would put most of it on Trevor Lawrence. I know quarterbacks always seem to get all the blame or all the credit, but he just hasn't looked great. Um, I won't put all of it on him. I don't think the receivers have or the weapons in general have really been as good as they were last year. Um, Christian Kirk has I know he he had a, a down week in week one and he's he was pretty good yesterday and he was pretty good in week two, but he still has not been like that big play threat that he was last year and Calvin really sort of disappeared so. I don't know where what's going to happen with him, but the offense just doesn't look as explosive as we thought it was, and it was last year. And I'll put most of it on Trevor Lawrence and some of it on Doug Peterson and the weapons. But see, they have Atlanta next week. Not a you know free win by any means. Atlanta's a solid team, although they had a a tough week three as well. Um, what what are you panicking on the Jags? You think they just have a bounce back week and we forget about this? I don't know. I I, I honestly might be panicking a little bit. Um, this game is in London too, by the way. So yeah. kind of shit goes out the window when you're playing there. Um, well, not all of it, but a lot of it because you know you have you have the flight, you have the jet lag. I know they go really early in the week, but still. Um, this is going to be a tough game. The Jags are minus three, and I don't know how I feel about it. I I, I think the Falcons are are, are good. I, I really do. I think the Falcons are, have a lot of talent. Um, Their defense has been playing better than I thought they were going to. Uh, Bijan is sick. I don't like Ritter, but this is a tough matchup for the Jags. The, my fear with the Jags going forward is, are they going to be able to have like those explosive big plays every week? Because that seems like the only way they can score touchdowns is by getting those, you know, 30, 30, 40, 50 yard big plays from their receivers and weapons and, and using Lawrence's arm. They're not the type of team to really grind you out for like a six, seven minute drive, six minute drive. Um, and run like 15 plays. That's just not what they do. And if they're missing those big, big explosive plays for scores, then they're going to be in, in deep trouble going forward. I know Trevor Lawrence tweeted after uh, – it might have been Monday, might have been yesterday or Sunday after the game, uh, like like taking notes, put like three taking notes emojis. So he's taking notes on, on everyone doubting him, which gives me a little more confidence. I, lo- I love when a quarterback does that. It makes me kind of fired up. But I – this team is just like they looked great in week one against the Colts. And, you know, week two was was – really really tough against the Chiefs defense and in week three could have been even worse arguably uh because they didn't really worry weren't in this game for much of it so going forward this offense needs to get back to the big explosive plays because I think that's how they win their defense is not great I mean CJ Stroud lit them the fuck up he played unbelievably so this offense is gonna need to score points if this team's gonna want to win like they're gonna need to score at least 25 a game if they're gonna want to win consistently and, and and go far in the playoffs um, and I don't know if they're gonna do that right now. So I'm I'm not hitting the panic meter. I'm probably on a scale of one to ten on the panic meter. Uh, Jordan Dyer's panic meter here. I'm probably at like a four, four and a half, five. I like that. I'm not panicking yet. I'm at I'm I'm at about a four. I think they can put this behind them. And their defense played a terrible week, but I think it's kind of an aberration. Um, they held the Chiefs to 17. The Colts put up 21. That's 
that's um you know not a terrible performance so this was just a really bad game for both sides of the ball and obviously the Texans come out super aggressive Stroud throws it everywhere um the Texans basically throw the ball every time now it, it's pretty fun to watch but the the Jags are one and two Texans also one and two Titans also one and two Colts are two and one so being one and two in that division is not the end of the world I think they can still come back win this division make the playoffs have a good year so I'm not full panic meter yet at all on the Jags. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think it was, it, sometimes it's just an off week. If they lose, that panic meter is going, if they lose next week to the Falcons, I wouldn't be surprised, but that panic meter goes way up because that is starting one and three against probably two teams. They should be, so well, they should really and, be three and one. And it wouldn't be a, a single convincing performance. Even their win wasn't like, phenomenal um i know 31 points looks good but it didn't feel like they were you know yeah. really moving the ball all that easily against 100 that should have been a three-point right. win too i mean i think the colts ran like eight points uh eight plays on the goal line in a row and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't score so yeah. like that that's a three-point win realistically and they're not being they're not convincing me at all that they could be any kind of any sort of good at the moment yeah, we we will see if they can bounce back. Um, I'm gonna hop off here and get Max on in for college. Alrighty, we are back. Me, Butsy Zwick. We're gonna be talking about college football week four preview and what was a very good slate of college football games. I think our first really solid slate, honestly, of the year. Um, we had some very fun games to talk about. Let's start with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Very classic, you know, hard nose. Game 17-14, Ohio State inches it out there. Um, this was an amazing game. And, Butsy, I want to talk to you first about this one because I know you were definitely locked in for sure. How did you feel about this game? And did you think Notre Dame was actually going to pull it off? Because I know before going into Saturday, we had Ohio State on upset alert. Obviously, that did not come to fruition. But nonetheless, it was very close. So how did you feel about this one, Butsy? Yeah, Notre Dame should have won this game, guys. Uh, I, I stand by everything I said. I mean, it was it was really disappointing to see Notre Dame give up two fourth and long conversions uh, on the final drive, and then obviously the play on the goal line. I think they had two plays in a row where they had 10 men on the field. Yeah. Um, that type of shit just should not happen in that big of a game. Um, I know Marcus Freeman is, is on record saying his dream job would be Ohio State. So everyone was saying that he was doing an inside job there by throwing that game and giving Ohio State the win at the end. But, I mean, man, it was it was a tough, tough game. This makes me think that Ohio State is actually really fucking bad. Like, I have zero faith in Ohio State going forward. Notre Dame, I thought, sh- uh, would have looked better. Um, I, I obviously – I did have their spread, which was close at three and a half. So, actually, sorry, I had three. And then I love them so much after having a few beers that I actually placed more on Notre Dame plus three and a half. So actually both of those ended up cashing because they scored with one second left. Uh, So that was great. Um, But Notre Dame won this game. Uh, It's plain and simple. Uh, I I don't think Ohio State's very good. Notre Dame's defense is very good. Uh, Hartman did not have a great game. I think this was his game that he could solidify himself as arguably one of the Heisman favorites. I mean, I think he already was. I think he was 10 to 1 coming into this game. He probably could have been down to 5 and 1, 5 to 1, 6 to 1 had he put up a good performance and won, but alas, he did not. Um, but it was a great game. I mean, you know, really fun final drive to watch by Ohio State, but the, I do not have a lot of confidence in either of these teams after watching that game. Yeah, I think I don't know what to take away from it other than these two teams have good defenses and maybe I was a little bit too high on Notre Dame and I, I feel good in my um, positioning on how I thought Ohio State was. Um, Kyle McCord played all right, but I mean, he just had a lot a lot of volume. I think that's kind of what led to him throwing for 240 because he threw a lot of he threw a lot. And I mean, no one was able to get the rushing going on either side other than Trayvon Henderson a little bit. But really, this was a defensive, you know, hard-nosed game, classic game for this conference. And I don't know. How do you feel about these teams, Wick, now? Because because I feel like they kind of give me new stuff to think about. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with Notre Dame, honestly. I thought that they really, really had this game, and they just kind of choked it away in the fourth quarter. 
I know that that last drive, their defense just, I mean, was confused and lost because they only had 10 men on the field for the last couple of plays, which is just, you know, inexcusable, obviously, by coaching. But I, I was just disappointed with them overall. They just didn't um, put up as good of a fight as I thought they would. I thought that this would be a really big opportunity for them to beat Ohio State and solidify themselves as a, you know, contender to make the playoffs and they just weren't able to capitalize on that and disappointing for them on the flip side ohio state like butsy said i'm worried about them i do not think they are a contender like everyone um or some think they are but they just haven't looked like themselves kyle mccord is not cj stroud or even close to cj stroud by any means so I'm worried about Ohio State and Notre Dame just disappointed, basically. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go now to Colorado, Oregon. This one was very, very overhyped for what it ended up being score-wise. Oregon whoops Colorado 42-3. to I was a little satisfied just because, one, I kind of really figured this was going to happen. I think we all talked about the cracks that we saw in this Colorado team, although Nebraska wasn't able to, you know, work on that and Colorado state wasn't really able to get to them, but finally they play a really good team and they have a really tough schedule ahead. And I think you're going to start to see um, them come back down to earth a little bit. I mean, it was pretty satisfying to watch seeing how much shit that Colorado talked going into this game to see Oregon just come in and really kick the crap out of them. I love the intensity. I love what Dion's doing. I love, that he's making people hate him because this is what college football is about. It's about these random rivalries between Colorado and Oregon, two random states, uh, two random schools that really don't have much history and now are going to be tied together for the rest of time, I think, after this game, even though it was a blowout, just because of the lead-up to this game and how intense it got before and after the game. I think they're, this is now a rivalry, and this is why what Deion Sanders is doing is good for college football because we want more programs to have people that actually care about what's going on. And if everyone and their mom is talking about college football on a Saturday, that's some, that's good. And everyone, I think, tuned in for, to Colorado. I heard everyone talking about it. I had people um, in my life that don't give a fuck about college football ever asked me about um, Colorado or, I mean, not asking me per, per se, but had mentioned Dion and all that type of stuff. So I think it's really good what he's doing um, for the program and for college football in general. That being said, they got the shit kicked out of them. Jordan, our colleague, mentioned uh, them not having Travis Hunter and Zwick, I think, said that doesn't mean it was like a 27. He doesn't bring 27 points back to the team. Um, yeah, they looked bad every aspect of the game. I think um, they let this game get out of hand for them, and I don't really know where to start with this one, Zwick. Uh, what do you think was the main reason they played so poorly? I mean, that defense is abysmal. Um, yeah. specifically in the secondary, Bo Nix, you know, had his way all afternoon, uh, 28 for 33, 276 and three touchdowns, one interception, but Colorado's defense is just terrible and it's going to continue to be terrible, especially with Travis Hunter not playing. And I think Colorado has USC next week. Yes, yeah. they do. They so do. I would be very worried if I was Colorado, because I think they're about to drop two in a row and, the hype might die down a little and Colorado's a good team. Um, they have had some impressive wins. The TCU win was impressive and Shador Sanders is still really, really good player, but that defense is not doing them any favors. And Oregon is really fucking good because they showed out and they played really well and just basically had their way with the, with the Buffaloes all afternoon. But so you know what time it is, it's schedule time here. Um, I do think I think Colorado is going to get the next three games after USC. I, I think Caleb Williams is going to torch him. Um, and obviously, they're going to lose that game, in my opinion. But Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, I think those are all wins. Um, so I think that that comes at a perfect time in their schedule. They'll be on a two-loss streak. Hopefully, they can get three in a row and then go into Oregon State against an Oregon State team that we're going to talk about later that is a really solid team. Um, from there, they take on Arizona. I think that's a win, but then Wash State and Utah. So they do have a really tough schedule ahead of them. Um, they need to beat the bad teams and, you know, put up an effort and maybe try and steal a game against one of those good teams. Um, I do think they can beat the bad teams. I just think it's those Oregon, I think is just 
a notch above everyone else right now. Um, maybe it's on par with like Georgia, USC, um, teams of that nature. I feel like we don't know much about Georgia yet because they haven't played anyone good. Um, I do feel confident in USC and FSU being up there. Um, but yeah, Butsy, what are you what are you feeling for Colorado and just the landscape of everything? I think this game told us a lot more about Georgia. Or sorry, not Georgia, Oregon than it did uh Colorado. We knew Colorado had a terrible defense. We were just waiting for a team to expose it. And I think TCU did that in week one, but they didn't have the defense to back it up. Oregon had the defense to back it up. I think this said a lot about Oregon and how really how really talented they are and the noise that they can make going forward. I, I think a team, Max, that you forgot to mention in the Pac-12, that's fucking ridiculous, is Washington. Washington, yeah. Washington, they could be in the college football playoff if they beat yeah. USC. I don't know if they play USC on the schedule, Max, if you want to be yeah, my I'll, I'll the schedule guy. That. But if they beat USC, if maybe not in the you know, regular season, but the Pac-12 championship, like they are in the college football playoff. I, I don't think there's a way you can keep them out because they're going to go undefeated and beat USC. I but I think Oregon could be scrappy in the US in the uh, Pac-12 against like a USC or an Oregon uh, or fucking I'm all over the place right now or Washington at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um they looked really good on offense. Bo Nix finally stepped up in a big game. Uh he's looked like the Bo Nix we've been expecting for the last, you know, 3 years. Uh he he hasn't had, you know, that big blunder game against the big team quite yet. Uh, that might be coming later on in the season, but for now, Bo Nix looks great. Their head coach, I forget his name, um, but he makes me want to run through a brick wall. He was fucking gave one of the best pregame speeches I've ever seen. He talked about how, you know, uh, Colorado is playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. Those are two different things. That was such a great statement. And then at halftime when Colorado had scored, I think it was like 31 uh, nothing. They talked about how they're going to keep fucking going and, and bury them into the ground, obviously. You know, that game kind of slowed down. I did have the under, which cash, thankfully. But, man, I think Oregon's legit. I, I think Colorado is still years away from competing for national titles and competing for uh, and being just really competitive against those top-tier teams. But Oregon is legit, dude. They're legit. Yeah, you were talking about Dan Lanning there with the uh, – Oh, yeah, he's awesome. The, the speech, yeah. So, um, they do play USC. They also – Washington, that is. Washington plays – um. Arizona next, and then they're going to play Oregon the Saturday after, which is going to be uh, just an amazing game. I'm very excited to watch that. The Pac-12 continuing um, just to be extremely dominant right now, and it's honestly just totally hilarious that they're becoming completely dominant right when they're about to disband. Um, I don't know what it means, but it's very it's funny. funny. It's just a funny thing. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think Washington's legit. I think Oregon's legit. And let's go now to to Oregon State versus Washington State, the state's versions of both the schools we were just talking about. Um, they put on quite the game there, 38-35. Um, this one was awesome. Washington State's able to pull it out and get the upset over Oregon State. Um, I mean, I, I'll be fully honest. I I was trying to dual screen this one, and I, I feel like my eyes shifted to this game a lot more because, um, I don't know, this was just a lot of fun. It slowed down a little bit. Um, oh, well, I guess not because Oregon State scored a bunch in the fourth, but for Washington State, it is. It slowed down a little bit. They got just, I think, the one field goal to get the win there. And yeah, this one was awesome. Um, I think this is, man, the Pac 12 is just so good this year. And it's really funny because it's a lot of quarterback play as well. Um, yeah. And it makes sense because they have good transfers there, like Bo Nix from Aub- going from Auburn to Oregon. Then you have D- DJ Uyunglele from Clemson to Oregon State. I killed Ugalele. that. Ugalele. It's Uwe Ugalele. I had it first the right I had it right the first time, I'm pretty sure. Um <laughs> and then yeah, Cameron Ward, obviously. And yeah, I mean, this is just a fun group of uh of quarterbacks in this division. And obviously Caleb Williams, I I forgot to mention, but yeah, um, this division is freaking awesome. This game was just a lot of fun. Um, I think this is what you're expecting in this division, just high offense, high octane offense. Um, and I have a lot of fun and it makes me want to miss the Pac 12. So Butsy, how did you feel about this one? Yeah, Ugalele didn't step up. Uh, by the way, there's two L's in that last name, so I think I got it with Ugalele. No, I think it's Ua Ungale because it's like Tua Tungalivia. There's a, there's no N, but it's there. I'm telling you. I've listened to people say it. Rasillo. We, we, we need some. We need a English prof- English major to step in and, and get this yeah. pronunciation right. Um, he didn't step up like I thought he would. Honestly, he did not play his best game. 
I think he was 17 for 34 yeah. uh, with a pick and a touchdown for only 198 yards. I was expecting him to have a really, really big game. But, man, Washington State, Cameron Ward, their QB, he played really well against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago and then played really fucking well this past weekend. 20 for 34, only six incompletions, 400 yards and four touchdowns and no picks. And one, it took one sack. I mean, he was unbelievable all game. Um, their wide receiver, K, uh, Williams, had seven catches for 174 yards and a touchdown. And their other receiver, Kelly, had eight catches for 159 yards and three touchdowns. They could do it. They could. They looked like they could do whatever they wanted against Oregon State's defense. Um, like Max, you were talking about the high octane offense. Pac-12 also has very little defense. Yeah, very little. Known for not having the best defenses, but Ugalele really realistically needed to have a better game. Uh, I know they scored a ton in the fourth, but you know they put up 21 in the fourth. But it was just too little, too late. They needed to be more competitive uh, throughout the whole game, and. I was I was honestly surprised because I did have Oregon State. I thought Ugalele was going to have a great game and, and that he's been playing some great football. But, you know, setback week, but I think Oregon State's still really fucking good. And I think Washington State, man, they are they are sneaky good to upset one of the one of the best teams, uh, some of the top teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um. All right. Zwick, how did you feel about this one? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Cameron Ward is really, really fun to watch. And DJ Ugalele has disappointed so far in his collegiate career at least he did at Clemson um obviously rooting for him to bounce back at Oregon State but that didn't happen on Saturday uh 17 for 34 a touchdown and a pick so obviously not a horrible performance but not not what you want to see in a huge game like this especially against another Pac-12 opponent but I think Washington State is really really good I mean I think Buxy is right. They can absolutely upset some of the best Pac-12 teams. I don't know who they play in the Pac-12. Um, they have Utah next week, so I think that game could be awesome. Or sorry, Oregon State has Utah next week. Um, who does Washington State have next week? Max, schedule guy. Get on that. Yeah, schedule guy. They play UCLA. UCLA. Okay, so that should be a good one too. So I think Oregon State is for real, and I think Washington State is for real. Those are awesome. That was an awesome game, and I think that these two teams moving forward will be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, the big game looking forward to Washington State schedule is Oregon on at Oregon on October twenty first, and they actually do play Colorado. They host Colorado last game of the season. So if they can find a way to beat Oregon then they're playing in the Pac-12 championship, right? I think they're going to beat Colorado at home to end the season. And besides that, they don't play USC or Washington. So it's a pretty it, – it's all pointing to to them being possibly in the Pac-12 championship, which would be unbelievable. Like, what, who would who would predict Washington State uh, to be in the Pac-12 championship? Obviously, they do have to beat uh, Oregon at Oregon, which is a very, very tall task. But if, they, if Cameron Ward keeps playing like he is right now, they can't do it. They can't. So I was very excited about the downfall of Bama heading into the third quarter of this Ole Miss Bama game. Bama was looking like no offense, no offense to to Zwick for this one, but Bama was sort of looking like the Bengals here, just scoring off. Yeah, of field goals. yeah, yeah. Um, that's how they kind of got the game done. I think they had, I think they had more field goals than touchdowns. I believe they had like three field goals and two touchdowns. Um, they don't have a quarterback. They can't figure this one out. Um, I mean, they're it's. I think they're spreading out their offense too much. It seems like if you look at the receiving two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven different receivers were catching passes for them. Um, no one had more than three receptions. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is just you had Jalen Hale go off really because he had a long thirty-three uh, yard reception, and then uh, Jermaine Burton had a fifty-four yard reception. But other than that, like, not a ton of dynamic. Um, offense coming from either team. Honestly, Jackson Dart did not play super well at all. Um, and I just, I, I think Ole Miss never got Jackson Dart go, going. Uh, Alabama's defense is pretty solid. It's just pretty obvious that it's their quarterback room. Um, and I mean, I think we kind of knew that there's something different about this team this year, the Alabama team. I know they're three and one. Um, I don't think this is one of those teams that's going to make a deep run. I think we kind of know who they are and I don't, I think we should not get ahead of ourselves either way. They're not either 
they're not super bad. They're not super good. I think this is just kind of like a mediocre Alabama team. Um, I think the real threat is whoever comes out of maybe the Pac-12 and um, looking at some of the teams in the ACC and Georgia maybe. Other than that, I don't think the rest of the SEC is that great right now. Um, and I don't even know about Georgia. I'm just going off of you know the past. Uh, they like I said, they haven't really played anyone. But yeah, I was getting excited. Alabama does find the way to kind of pull this out. Um, Ole Miss just wasn't able to close. Uh, Zwick, how did you feel about this one? I, I knew Bama was going to win this game, or at least I was pretty confident in it because that defense is still really good. The The Alabama defense is still really good, and Jackson Dart was kind of running around for his life the entire game, and he didn't play all that well, 20 for 35, 244 in, a, in an interception. I didn't think Jalen Milrow played that bad, 17 for 21, 225, a touchdown in the pick. So – Yes, he's no Bryce Young or Tua or one of the great quarterbacks that Alabama has had in the past, but I think that he's serviceable and he can lead this Alabama team to some some good wins, maybe not some great wins, maybe not a playoff berth, but I think he is good enough to get the job done for right now. Yeah, but see? Yeah, I mean, Alabama just is they're not good. Uh, I, I was actually, I was more unimpressed by Ole Miss than I was like impressed by Alabama. I, I still think Alabama stinks. I think Milrose terrible. Um, he had so many plays where he would roll out of the pocket and just run out of bounds for like a five yard loss. Um, get rid of the fucking football, dude. Like just throw it away, please. Uh, he did not look great. Their defense looked solid. Jackson Dart. I was really unimpressed by him. I thought he was going to have a bigger game and I think, Ole Miss was leading this game at half, what, seven to six? Yeah, I thought they were going to get it done. Um, obviously, I had Ole Miss, so I was disappointed that they didn't. But Ole Miss, tough task next week. They do play uh, LSU, but they are hosting it. That's going to be a big game for them, big game for actually both programs. But uh, they're going to need to win that one if they're going to want to call this season a success. Uh, so, yeah, it is what it is. Bama stills is bad and, and Ole Miss is still kind of frisky. I still kind of believe in Jackson Dart and, and Lane Kiffin, <clears throat> but they're going to have to win next week to prove anything to me. This was my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, just from an entertainment standpoint, FSU, Clemson, FSU escapes with a win after getting a, a nice touchdown in OT. This was 24-24, um, heading into the fourth. No one scores. It goes to OT. Man, this FSU team is really fun to watch. Um I really, I really like watching this team. I obviously last game against BC was really fun, um, and then the first two games, the first one against LSU, um, I think it was fun just because it was like the one of the first football games of the uh, of the season, and it ended up being a little bit of a blow, but it was still you know a good watch at least. Um, yeah, this FSU team, I I really like them. They did not have the ball as long as Clemson did. Clemson had the ball for thirty four minutes. FSU had it for twenty five. Jordan Travis. Um, just looks to be really awesome. 21 for 37, 289 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and I felt confident in him leading that drive uh, to get the win in OT, which I think says a lot about him. Uh, Kate Klubnik did not play terrible, similar, uh, you know, similar line to Jordan Travis. He's a little bit more efficient passing the ball. But I mean, this Clemson team, I think they kind of play up to the good opponents. And then I think they have a really tough time. Um, when it comes to the bat, the worst off opponents like that loss to Duke and everything, I think they kind of play down to their, um, you know, play up or play down to who their opponent is. And yeah, I think, I mean, they got a tough schedule as well. We can do the schedule game, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, you, Syracuse is 4-0 and they're taking them on next weekend. They're Then they're going to go to a 3-1 Wake Forest. Um, then a, a Miami team that looks really good. All these teams look really solid right now um i wonder like what's kind of going to happen to this program if they have a losing season um because i think it's interesting just to see obviously uh their coach is fine that he's a god they're gonna they're gonna be all right tebow but um yeah what do you what do you think swick how are you feeling about this clemson team yeah, I'm not really impressed with this Clemson team. I know they had the bad loss to Duke to start out the season, and I thought they had this game. I mean, obviously it went to overtime, so it was pretty close. But 
I don't know. I didn't love Dabo Sweeney's play calling towards the end. Um, I just thought it was really like flat and like conservative. I'm really impressed with Jordan Travis. I thought he looked great. Um, 21 for 37 isn't the most efficient, but you know, you throw for 289 and two touchdowns. It's a pretty good day, especially when you get a win. And Florida State looks awesome. Uh, Keon Coleman looks really, really good. He had five for 86 and two touchdowns. So I think the Jordan Travis to Keon Coleman um, connection is going to be special, and it's going to be really, really good all year long. Yeah, I'm with you there. Butsy, how are you feeling about this FSU team? Um, I was scared in the first half, uh, and then I was a lot more confident in the second half. This defense struggled uh, pretty much all game, but the offense clicked. I think like kind of like midway through the second quarter and they never looked back. So I'm, I'm very confident in this offense. The defense did actually make one of the big, probably the biggest play in the game uh, in that strip sack or the absolute fucking clobbering that the QB took of, of, of Clemson took on that play. He got the scoop and score for, uh, I think that was to tie the game. So, but I mean, Clemson was literally a couple inches away from probably winning that football game, right? Uh, Florida state would have had to go on the length of the field and, either kicked a field goal or scored a touchdown to win. And, and thank God, you know, thank God he did miss the 29 yard field goal, obviously big, big FSU fans. So um, it was, it was a sweat. Uh, I, I'm, I'm less confident than I was after the first two weeks, but I'm actually a firm believer. Like some games are so sketchy that if you can just come away with a win, you're, you're going to be fine. And I think this was one of those games for Florida state where, you know, Clemson was kind of in the shitter. Florida state was riding it like, very big highs and you know they escaped kind of against bc but bc kind of just exploded in the fourth quarter so i wasn't really too nervous about that but you know the spread would close that one and a half it started that three went down to one and a half i was you know really worried that clemson could actually pull this one out but if you can avoid like losing those really tough in conference opponent games then you're going to be fine and, and you'll be able to succeed against you know some of the bigger teams so I think Florida State just needed to dodge this loss, and they did. So I feel good about them going forward, but not as good as I did after the first couple of weeks. I think this defense uh, needs to figure a few things out. Swick, so give me a little rundown on how Cincinnati did. Ooh, Cincinnati game was tough, tough to watch. Um, obviously, they lost to Oklahoma. I believe it was twenty to six was the final score. Yeah. Yep. And it just they just looked bad. They just could not move the ball. I believe they went up three nothing. Yeah, they did. And then after that, it just – they had a great first drive, got in field goal range, and after that, the offense just stalled out for the rest of the game. Defense put all right. I mean, you give up 20 points. That's not too, too bad, but it's not great. Emery Jones was awful. Um, completed just about 50% of his passes, 235 and two touchdowns, no interceptions. So he did not play well at all. But they just looked flat, like – it was a really great atmosphere, um, but just just didn't really get the job done. I had low expectations coming into this game because I know Oklahoma is a lot better of a team, and you know Bearcats just let me down yet again. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna do Tennessee real quick. Terrible game. Um, I mean, I was really excited at first. Joe Milton breaks off an 80, 81 yard run touchdown. 81-yard touchdown run, rather, first play of the game. Joe Millen kind of sucks. 18-31, to 31, he can't complete a pass. He overthrows everything. He underthrows a lot of stuff. He just doesn't seem on time with everything. This is a game we should have seen Nico way earlier. He only had two passes um, in the game. They put him in way too late. They should have kept him in. Um, he needs to get experience because Joe Millen's obviously not the answer. Our run game is what saved us, which makes sense because UTSA has a bad offensive line. I'm really worried about South Carolina. Um, that's where Hendon tore his ACL last season. Um, and, you know, on our during our undefeated season, that's where we obviously got the loss there. And a lot of Gamecocks fans were saying that was a makeup because uh, Marcus Lattimore, their running back, had one of the worst knee injuries I've ever seen in my entire life at Tennessee. Um, so there's a weird little beef there. Gamecocks suck. Hope Tennessee gets it done. I'm not a very uh, – this is a game they're going to lose, though, I'm telling you guys right now. Um, <laughs> I would fade the Vols, uh, although they are a good home team, so I can give you that. Uh, if this was in game, if this was in South Carolina, I think it would be worth actually fading the Vols. Um, 
I would take South Carolina on the spread or something. I'm just I'm done. Like this team just it's this is just being a Tennessee fan. They bum you out every fucking year. Um, you get your hopes up. So yeah, I'm bummed out. They're three and one though. Uh, worried about next weekend. But yeah, all right. That feels weird wrapping it up on this note. But yeah, a great weekend of college football. Um, week five I think is going to be pretty solid. There's some fun games in there. We'll be on to preview those games, give out our betting picks as well. Uh, we have a Utah-Oregon State game that's fun, South Carolina-Tennessee. USC-Colorado is going to be incredibly fun. Um, and then, yeah, there's just a bunch of inter-conference you know, or inter-divisional matchups that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, or later this week, rather, and peace. <laughs>